and this is Sermunition Sunday number 20. Meditations intended to equip the church militant for spiritual warfare. And I am the warrior priest, Donovan Riley. In the name of Jesus, amen. Having been conquered, having been invaded and overrun by Babylon, having been dragged away into slavery by the Babylonians, the people who were in exile, who were enslaved in Babylon, were a strange mix. There was the true remnant, the people whom God set aside as his own, the jewels, as they are called in Malachi, but there was also a larger group mixed in with them. They were the majority who were not convinced that God was present for them. As a consequence, they had become hopeless. Their captivity in Babylon had ruined their faith. As far as they knew, God had discarded them. He was not concerned about their circumstances. He did not listen to their prayers. He did not speak to them. He was not going to follow through on his promises to his people. That's why God sent Isaiah. God sent the prophet to declare the truth, to hear God's promise that would bring them to the true faith, especially those who had lost hope. Isaiah came to bring assurance that God was the creator and the protector of all creation, not just a select special few. He would not forsake what he had made. And if he would not abandon his creation, he would definitely never grow tired of his chosen people. None of their struggles were hidden from him. None of their complaints were too much for him to tolerate. But they did not believe this message. So that when Isaiah did come, when God sent his preacher to declare the truth to his people, who had lost hope, Isaiah's message flipped over their whole view of things. Now, thanks to Isaiah's preachments, the truth was clear. God would give strength to those who were exhausted. He would support those who were oppressed, so that even when children ran out of their youthful energy, he would be their strength. Even though people knew from experience that all life was frail and temporary, the Lord promised that those who waited on him would be permanently changed for the good. That's why, even today, When we wait on the Lord, we are waiting for him to fulfill his promises to us. That's why we also pray for patience. We pray for patience to not become indifferent. We wait and we pray in faith. But we're also selfish people. We quickly become restless and eager. When will God answer our prayers? When will our faith be rewarded? When will the promise come true? When it doesn't come true, according to our timetable, when we start to become indifferent, when we start to lose hope, that's the temptation. The temptation to not trust God's promises, to not take God at his word, to not listen to the preachers that he sends to us, and then we are tempted to become hopeless. You see, hope for God to fulfill his promises is an active thing. 
English Bibles usually alternate between translating the Hebrew word kava with hope or wait. Two words, hope and wait, which communicate the same sentiment as the original Hebrew word. Hope is a consequence of expectant faith. Hope believes liberation is coming. It waits for it. It yearns for it with eager expectation. It knows it's going to happen. It must happen. God has promised it will happen. We just don't know exactly when. But when the liberation comes, when God gives you freedom from your concerns and your struggles, you will escape from all restraint. You will become like eagles taking flight, which leads us to another lesson from Isaiah. In a way, it's the most important lesson for you today. The way that leads to the promised land, the way into Christ's kingdom, will be long and arduous. Yes, God will set you free in an instant. Yes, you are a baptized child of God, claimed by God in baptism in Christ's name to receive all of God's promises for you, to receive all that is good and kind and loving about God. When you were set free in baptism, in that instant, all of the benefits of God are given to you through Jesus' name. So yes, you will run away from all that imprisons you. You will be liberated from everything that obstructs you, that prevents God from getting to you, that interrupts or attempts to cut off God's relationship with you. Everything that imprisons you, you will run away from it because God will make that possible. He will set you free. But your initial sprint to freedom will slow to a walk because the return to your true home, the return to the kingdom of heaven will not happen overnight. And yet, that does not mean that you will be defeated. You will become exhausted and fall down. It means that God will not allow this to defeat you either. He will not allow you to become completely hopeless. Instead, he keeps you grounded in his promises. He strengthens you in the hope that he is leading you home. Because the God who never slumbers or sleeps sets you free and goes before you and beside you and behind you the whole way, removing every obstacle in his way so that he can lead you home. That you wait for the coming of Jesus does not mean that it may not happen, even though this is how the world views your hope. Instead, your hope is the consequence of an act of faith. You know the truth. You know Jesus is coming. You know it will happen soon. So you pray. You pray not to get tangled up in the temptations of this life. You ask the Lord to keep you focused on your preparations so you can greet him when he arrives. In this way, you receive renewed strength from God through his word and through his gifts so that you can withstand all of life's difficulties in faith with a sure and certain hope. So today, Today, you look forward to the liberation that will soon come, the appearance and glory of our God and Savior Christ, Jesus. And until he arrives, you will comfort each other with God's word and prayers. You will especially pay attention to those of weak faith. 
You will encourage them with God's promises so that they too may live in hope as you do. You will teach each other from God's word about the best ways to prepare for his arrival. You will teach each other about the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit in the waters of baptism. You will teach each other about the power in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which strengthens faith and increases charity amongst the brethren. You will teach each other about the power of the gospel to change lives, to give people a new heart and a new shot at life and a hope of eternal salvation. You will build your faith on God's word and gifts of salvation. But no matter what you may do in the present, ultimately you must wait on the Lord. You wait always for what he gives to you, his faith and hope his strength, his timetable for leading you to your true home. And yes, yes, you will often suffer feelings of anxiety and stress because you want Jesus to arrive sooner than later. So yes, you will become tense and anxious. You will struggle with feelings of hopelessness. Struggle to believe the future is wide open for you. Struggle to believe that you are truly free in Christ. Yes, you will struggle and become tense and anxious because life is difficult and there are numerous temptations that come every day to steal your hope. However, these are just signs. They point to your true hope, the hope that remains unsettled. That's why when you attach hope to something that's not Jesus, when you attach hope to someone who's not a true Savior, you will always end up unsatisfied and hopeless. And then you'll attach your hope to another thing or another person that isn't a Savior, that can't forgive your sin, can't raise you from the dead, can't keep its promises to you. And you'll become hopeless again and again and again because the things and the people you attach your hope to are not Jesus. They are not God. And therefore, they cannot ultimately keep their promises. They cannot rescue you from sin and from death and from Satan. And so, yes, you are eager for Jesus to return. You're eager because you need Jesus. You expect Jesus to come soon to set you free once and for all from all that restrains you, from all that keeps you from entering the kingdom of Christ. And so Isaiah's message of comfort and that of all God's true preachers, hangs on this point. So listen carefully. Listen to God's promises. Jesus comes to set you free from sin, from death, and from Satan. He comes in power today to liberate you from your captivity, from your bondage, your imprisonment, to sin, death, and Satan. Jesus comes to you today and makes himself available to you with his word and his gifts in order to set you free from worry and hopelessness, to lead you to everlasting peace and righteousness so that when your bones grow weak, Jesus still loves you. When the blood dries off your veins, Jesus still loves you. When your love slowly fades away from this earth and you are embraced by the dirt, Jesus still loves you. God's love is more than father, mother, friend, or anyone else could ever love you, even more than you are able to love yourself. Because God is love. God is love. 
And therefore, his promises to you, whom he loves, his promises are unbreakable. Even into eternal life, his promises are unbreakable. So that even if you die, he will raise you from the dead so that he may still love you into eternity. This is his promise to you. This is his promise in Christ to you today and always. In the name of Jesus, amen.